when you're in a corporate world, you can carry your whatever limiting beliefs you have or whatever story you're telling to yourself for 10 years. And maybe then you can resolve it and let go of it. When you start your own business, everything surfaces. And if you want to grow and get for certain milestones and have the financial abundance, you're forced to deal with yourself. And it's awesome and also super uncomfortable. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Vendi Steinberger. One of Vendi's super skills is helping business owners who are current leading experts in their niche build their credibility on LinkedIn and create content that attracts regular inbound clients. This combo goes into so much more depth than just LinkedIn. Vendi has a lot of wisdom when it comes to building products and services, and it is something I was able to experience firsthand when I took part in a recent live event called How to Create Content That Sells. During the event, Vendi spent 15 hours straight interviewing other entrepreneurs to highlight their skills and expertise, all to give back to her community for free. After witnessing her hustle, I knew she would have the perfect energy to help you thrive on whatever you are building, and she did not disappoint. Please give a warm welcome to the show to Vendi Steinberger. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm excited to introduce Miss Vendi Steinberger. And yeah, we're going to get right into it by asking her what the heck she's doing here in America. Because before we jumped on, I was trying to understand where you're from and how to say your last name. And you're coming in town from England, right? Yep. But you just said Latvian. Yep. So... How the heck did you end up here in Austin, Texas? Beautiful question. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, CJ. Um, We met a couple of weeks ago at the sporting event. So CrossFit, I'm learning, is a big thing in Austin. But to answer your question, what the heck am I doing here? Well, I grew up in Latvia. I moved to the UK um, for university. I studied there. Um, I live in London. And my soul was screaming to leave London. And I was like, okay, well, where do you want to go? And I had some friends in Austin. So I was like, okay, I just called them up. And I was like, I'm coming in two weeks. <laughs> just got my flights and, and got myself over here because it just felt right. So I totally follow my gut on that. What was the initial, like, I got to get out of London? Was there anything that triggered that? Or was it just just a feeling? It was really, it's kind of at the beginning of this year, I was like, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? Yada, yada. It's kind of when you get to a certain point and you're almost business where you're comfortable and things are happening, clients are coming through the door, like you have the mind space to start thinking about like, is this, is this fulfilling my soul? Like I'm in the right path. Do I want to change something? And I think that started in January for me. And then like I got to May and I was like, I got to get out. Like I need a new perspective. I need a new environment for a while. So that's, that's what happened. Have you ever been to the U.S. before? Yes, I've Where been. Uh, I lived in Manhattan for three months and that was like back in 2000. 14 and in LA for six months that was 2016 and then well I don't know how open can we be here about like you know I think as certainly open as you want. <laughs> certain parts of the world are a bit brainwashed with what's happening and I was like I'm coming to Texas because everyone's a bit more rebellious <laughs> and I was like let's come let's go here so that's why I chose Austin it's funny you use the word brainwash I, I literally was looking through your LinkedIn <laughs> creeping and you use that word and someone commented like yeah. what did you mean by brainwash and I was like I know what she means by brainwash because here in Texas like Life was a little bit different over the past two years than yeah. it was on the coast. And it's yeah. one of the reasons that I honestly left. I grew up on the East Coast. And one of the reasons I left is just like the point of view of of there and the, and the lifestyle there was not what I was looking for. Mm. Um, and out here, it's such a mixture of people just coming in from all over the place. And obviously, like LA and New York are, are the same thing, but people play a little bit harder here, meaning like, entrepreneurship, if, there are, if it's a Monday, people are out on the lake and like there's, there's mm. more integration of fun involved rather than just working to work. And one of the questions I have, just because 
you're coming from from London. I haven't been there. I was there when I was 17, mm. uh, and I was there to play soccer for a little bit, uh, football, and it was awesome when I was there. What what is the lifestyle difference that you've noticed coming from England versus here? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that because the part I didn't mention is that <laughs> all I do in London is work. So, you know, when people talk about like work-life balance, things like that, like I've only done the work side of things for the longest time, as long as I remember myself. So I was like, I want to, like I want to experience the life side of <laughs> that whole balance that people call it. I don't really believe in balance to be fair, but like what does even life look like? And well, how and can you do both at the same time? Can you build a business whilst living your life and not just like building? So yeah, like that was partially where I wanted to come here as well. And like immediately felt the difference because like, London is very similar to like New York. Like it's just like go, 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 go. Everyone's maybe a little bit grumpy. Like you just go, you just build and that's it. And here, like I went to Barton Springs. Like that was the first Heck place yeah. I went to and everyone was like doing like Reiki things and like talking about like spirituality or like feminine masculine energy. And I was like, do you guys like work over here? Like what's going on? Cause it was like a weekday, you know? And I was just like finding my bearing here. But yeah, there was, it's a massive difference, but in a good way. Cause like, this is exactly what I wanted. I love to hear it. And it's funny, my buddy, Steph Ball, Georgievich, he's been on the, on the show before and we were chatting back and forth about how we don't like to use the word work or he doesn't mm. like to use the word work. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And what he means by that is like when he thinks of work, he feels like he has to show up to something that he doesn't actually want to be doing. Yeah. So recreating that kind of headspace where that's where in Austin, like, I mean, I work 24 seven, mm. quote unquote work, right? Yeah. Um, but the reality is I'm doing things that I enjoy. Right now I'm working. Yeah. But to somebody else, this is like, that's not work, right? Yeah, but you yeah. see like when you rolled up how much effort actually goes into this and how much energy goes into this. Yeah. It is work to somebody, but to me, it's it's really play. So that's where, before we kind of get into the, what I really would love to chat with you about here, what is play to Vendi? What uh, does that look like? That's. I think I'm still like discovering that because like I, I love to build things and I love to, I guess, be busy. And what I've tried to understand for myself is like, is this conditioned or is this a part of me, right? Is mm. this something that society has conditioned, like you should work all the time or is it a part of me? And I do feel like it's actually just a part of how I'm built. Like I was running, so you were in my event last week and it was like a 15 hour live event where I was interviewing 15 experts back to back the whole day. And I loved it. Like I was so energized by the end of it. And like, I just loved doing that. And I loved putting that together and building that. So it's probably what you're saying is like finding the projects that really excite you because it's not going to feel exhausting. It's not going to feel tiring to like immerse yourself in there and just meeting the people along the way. And on a Saturday, maybe doing something else apart from work or like going to an event like where we met, right? The CrossFit event. So I'm just like making sure I consciously open myself up to those things or rather just being in my apartment by myself all the time, just building a business because it's just like, it wasn't fulfilling enough anymore. Hence, I left London. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, let's go down that thread then. You mentioned like, so we met at, James Quigley's event, yeah. Life Beyond Movement. How did you even hear about that event? Because I feel like what stops a lot of people is they know that there's more out there for them, but the the how gets kind of like gray. How yeah. do I do X, Y, Z? I see other people doing it, but we've been conditioned as a society to have a blueprint. Like you go to school and they're like, here's what you study for the mm. exam. The life is not like that. You have to not only study yourself, but you have to make the exam yourself. You have to say like, what is my exam? What do I want to be doing? Mm. And how do I go about doing it? And that's where someone that is coming completely overseas, never been here. Yeah. If you can do it, anyone can do it. There's no fucking excuse that you can't go out and make something happen in your own life. Mm. How did you even hear about that event? Or if you were to go jump to, let's say you're in Austin now, you jump to another U.S. city, how would mm. you go about integrating yourself into those communities? That's an awesome question. So I had a couple of people I knew here. So Amanda Horvath, she's, she's amazing on YouTube and Emma, her sister. So they initially just basically helped me like find places to stay, et cetera. And from there, like I just met their friends and 
friends are friends. And I think I was with Taylor at Barton Springs and Taylor was like, oh, come meet James. And James was like, oh, I'm running this event in two days. And like, he like, let me send you the details. And I was just like, showed up like, and that's it. And then met a bunch of other people there. And then J- James connected both of us. And I was like, okay, you know, CJ, I have this event coming up. I want you to be a speaker there. So you just like open yourself up to those opportunities. And I kind of came with the intention of like, I'm going to almost say yes to everything. And the reason I say almost, it's like, I really listen to my gut. So if my gut is like, yeah, let's do this. I'm just going to do it. Right. So it's like when those opportunities present themselves, especially and be like, can you get the invitation? Like go to this event and go there, like go meet these people. Just say yes. If it feels right. Right. So how did you meet Amanda? Amanda, beautiful question. Right. So we actually met, this is, we met online. (laughs) The reason I asked this is going back to the conversation we were having. Yeah prior to jumping on here is when you're in the corporate world, there's a lot of things you could be doing to start building a business, mm. but not actually what most people view it as is not the business, right? But reality is we know that connections are pretty much everything. Like yeah. your network is your net worth. Yeah. So you can, no matter, even if you have a job and you have a salary right now, there's a lot you could be doing to start building your business and like going on YouTube and finding other people like Amanda mm-hmm. and connecting with them. And then look, Vendi came from London, lands in Austin and immediately gets integrated into mm-hmm. a badass community here just by what you were doing online. So describe a little bit of that. Yeah, I think I just found her, it was two years ago. I was still working full-time at that point, to your point. I didn't, like, I was just starting my business. And I found her on LinkedIn. I think I just sent her a message and be like, oh my God, babe, you're so cool. Like, you're so cool on YouTube. And she got back to me and she's like, you are so amazing on LinkedIn, yada, yada. Um, we hopped on a call, just hit it off right off the bat. She was like, you know what? I need to learn more about LinkedIn, which is kind of what I do, right? So she jumped into my course. I jumped in, into her video course and we just, like, we became friends and we've been t- talking ever since. So to add to the story, when I got to the States, I was actually stopped at the Texas border because like they were asking me so many questions and they just thought it was so weird. I'm coming to see someone I've never met in real life. And they were like, so you're coming to see Amanda. And I was like, yes. So have you guys met before in person? I was like, no. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like I couldn't understand a concept. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, we couldn't leave the house for two years. Yeah, like- <laughs> I mean, this is circumstantial at this point. It's just like nobody was meeting in person for yeah. two years. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like it all comes together. Like you meet those people and she at some point wanted to come to London and then that didn't work out. And I was like, just I felt called to leave. And I was like, Amanda, I'm coming to see you. That's it. And everything else just rolled from there. And it's a really small world because I'm really good friends with her uh, with her brother, Zach, mm-hmm. and he's been on the podcast. I actually got to have him back on here. He just took a trip overseas and it looked badass. So yeah. shout out to Zach from Live a Great Story. Yeah. Uh, man, it's it's such a small world. And I'd love to pivot this conversation into, so you mentioned LinkedIn a couple of times here. Yeah. And LinkedIn is probably something that seems overwhelming to a lot of people out there. So in terms of social media platforms, obviously most people know about YouTube and Instagram and TikTok Mm. where you're pretty much just showcasing your life or your lifestyle. But LinkedIn is one of those gray areas where it's like, how much do I talk about my life versus my career versus politics versus everything else that goes into LinkedIn? How did you get started on the path to really wanting to understand LinkedIn and use it as a platform to not only grow your business, but connect with other people who are growing their businesses as well? Yeah, such a good question. And the truth is, is that my in my early 20s, I quit Facebook, I quit Instagram, I quit everything because I was like, well, those platforms are a bit toxic. And I was like, this is, it just doesn't like feel right. And I was like, I caught myself early on. I was like, I'm going through a feed and like, it makes me feel bad about myself. And I was like, well, this is super unhealthy. You know, the self-comparison, if you haven't done your inner work is going to be a part of like, what's going to come up. And I was like, I just quit those platforms. I was like, I don't want to be there. And LinkedIn, I was neutral about it, but I was always there. And I'm very good at seeing patterns of like what works, what doesn't work. And then when basically 2020 happened, right? And like the home arrest started happening. Before that, I was pretty much working 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday to Saturday. Like that was me very much in the tech world, like working a lot is going to what we already discussed at the beginning. I work a lot, like it's it's a part of who I am. And now I didn't have to be at the office at 6 a.m. or at 7 a.m., right? Like I could start at nine. I was like, all right, well, that gives me like three hours in the morning. Like, what am I supposed to do with like that time? And then I had the evenings and I had the weekends because you couldn't go anywhere or work, which I used to do. And I was like, I'm just going to start like a YouTube channel. And ultimately, I needed to talk about something. And I was like, well, I see a massive gap 
on YouTube that no one's talking about LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is the one platform I haven't quit. And I see why certain posts are working, why they're not working. And I literally just started talking about LinkedIn. And it honestly took a couple of months until I got my first clients who are like, please help me with LinkedIn. And it kind of, that just became my whole thing. So it shifted very quickly. The reason why I liked LinkedIn, to be honest, at the beginning was because you didn't have to share your personal life because mm. I didn't want to. Um, I feel much different now. And I would say if you are a service-based business, uh, if you're a coach consultant, like people are buying you and you need to show people who you are more because it's just an easier selling point because that's what people are buying into people, mm -hmm. which I know now. But at the beginning, I was like, well, this is great because I can just like share advice and tips and like tactics and I don't have to talk about my private life, which I didn't want to. So it's it has changed as a platform a lot. Um, it used to be all for resumes, you know, for like recruiters. It was like a very boring old platform. Five years ago, Microsoft acquired it. It became a content creation platform. And right now, it's so you can do what the heck you want on it. Like you have complete creative freedom and whoever says this belongs on like Facebook or like this belongs somewhere else, like don't listen to them because obviously their posts aren't performing either. So right now, it's just like any other platform. That's an awesome story. And you mentioned clients. Yeah. So what does your client look like? Like what's your target customer? The reason I'm asking this is it'll kind of mold the questions that I'm going to ask further to yeah. potentially attract that type of person. Yeah. So I do one-to-one -one coaching and that would typically be uh, with more established business owners. Let's say they've been in business for five, 10, 15 years. They're already experts at what they do. Very well known in the industry, but like they have no idea how to bring themselves online and they want to use LinkedIn because that's where their audience is and they're coming to me for that help. So that's my one-to-one -one coaching. And then I also run a LinkedIn bootcamp and this is where actually more up and coming business owners come to me. And this is many people who are transitioning from the corporate career into starting their own thing because they are feeling the calling or just someone again just at the very beginning stages of their journey and that's where I run a bootcamp more focused on that like how do you get your initial clients how do you approach a platform because ultimately the way you know if LinkedIn is for you or not you just have to ask yourself your, the question like are your clients on LinkedIn and if they are then that's your platform and if they're not forget about it go to TikTok or go wherever they're hanging out right so I kind of have two audiences there and that's why I have kind of two different offers what do you say to the person that is like, I have a business and I want to grow it, but I don't see how LinkedIn or growing my own personal brand would have an impact on my business? Yeah. This is where I would ask, are you a service-based business, right? Because if you are, and if you are the face of the company, then that's what people are going to be buying. And this is where it's all about building up your credibility and making sure people know that you are the expert in what you do. Because this is where, by the way, any newbie can take over someone who's very established is like many established people, they, um, they're they scared to show up online. They're scared to show up in front of a camera or to create content, right? And this this is where someone who maybe has been in business for six months, if they just show up on, on camera and they're confident and they give advice and they're like, let's say I'm the best accountant. And maybe I just graduated six months ago, who knows? Like, I'm the best accountant. I can help you with your bookkeeping and we can automate X, Y, and Z. Like that person is gonna get way more clients because like you resonate with that. And you're like, I'm ultimately buying an individual, right? I trust that you know accounting. You only should know what you're talking about, right? That should come as a given, okay? I'm not saying for like, market yourself for something you don't know. But then once you build your personal brand, that's what people buy. Like again, my accountant, I hired him through LinkedIn and I hired him because he was swearing in his posts. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, for me, that meant he doesn't care what the rest of the world thinks of them. And I appreciate people like that, okay? So we didn't talk about accounting when we got in a sales call. Like I had already made up my mind, even though there's hundreds of people, probably thousands of people in the UK who are qualified to be accountants. But I was like, this dude, I like I like his style. So that's what I hired. I hired the personality and how he's approaching life. Well, what he won in the beginning is an initial conversation. And that's what people forget. And that's mm. what if you've been fortunate enough to build a business where you've been operating in a capacity, a sustainable capacity for five, 10, 15 years, you might not even be close to your customer anymore. Mm. And you might not understand like what's the first rules of engagement when you have a customer and that's building trust. And it's building trust around initial conversation, not a buy. And that's mm. where the business owner is always looking at the metrics of like, 
What's our CLV? What's our customer lifetime value? What's our mm. customer acquisition cost? They're so, they have detached themselves from these acronyms are actually human beings. And I think when that converts over to social media, what I've noticed is like people that jump from, I've been established in an industry for a really long time. When they go to try to create content, it's very salesy content yes. or very stale content mm -hmm. because they're detached from the fact that, look, you're not trying to make the sale in this one post and don't put the pressure on yourself to make the sale in the one post. Mm -hmm. Just like you were showcasing there with your accountant, he was writing about something and he just started a conversation with you and he didn't even realize this conversation was going to happen mm -hmm. solely because he cursed in it. So mm -hmm. have you told him this? Yes. You yes. have? Awesome. Because yes. that's like, it's the same thing with me, the more, if I think back, I love chatting about this because when I started building Thrive on Life and understanding like, okay, well, what core values do I have and what do I want to stand for? You're, you're conflicted because on one hand, you're just like, I should do X, I should do Y, but what must I do like to fulfill my heart? Who must I be? Mm -hmm. And as you build the momentum, you start learning that the more you lean into being yourself and executing in a capacity where maybe you're cursing or maybe mm -hmm. you're doing things a little bit differently. Maybe you're dressing a little bit differently, right? You're going to attract those people that appreciate that, yeah. but you're also going to have a little bit of shade and hate thrown on you. So that's where yeah. I know that's a huge struggle for people. How have you combat that those thoughts of just like putting yourself out there and not worrying about the haters as they say, because that's something that I see over and over and over again with content creators is just like the stress of they want to put themselves out there, but they're just uneasy and unsure. And I feel like this answer could really help the people out there that are maybe teetering on that line, how you handle that and deal with that. Mm, dude, I love this question because that's something I've been thinking about for myself. I would say I've been very, I've stuck within the lines. Like let's say for the last two years has been building my business. I haven't been very controversial. I probably haven't shared my opinions a lot. It has been more about, you know, just being a high energy person that I am and just giving advice and being super friendly and caring, which is also a part of my personality. It is actually in the last couple of, again, months. Like this year, as soon as I stepped into this year, like everything started shifting for me. And I'm like, I wanna talk about what I care about. And when I like mention, you know, the word brainwashed in one of my posts, like that's like just the beginning of being like, you know what, I'm going to talk about these things and I don't care anymore. And I don't think you can get there from the beginning. Like mm. you can't, you need to get to, there's just going to be a point where you're like, you don't care. You don't care about what other people think. You don't care about that. You're going to turn away the wrong people and the right people are going to come to you. Jason, who was on my event last week, and he mentioned something like he created a post basically putting down like uh, courses, like, cause his audience doesn't like courses. And then he did a whole post of like, oh, courses suck, yada, yada, right? And he was like, I didn't do that cause I necessarily feel that way even though he does, but it's like his audience feels that way. And I reflect on that thinking that, you know what? Like a lot of my audience, the people who pay me, they are actually way more traditional. They're actually way more conservative. And so am I, I just have never really been open about that. And I'm just at a point where I like, well, but I'm going to be because I don't care anymore. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Vendi. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shoutouts, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, Sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Vendi Steinberger. It's funny that we're having this conversation at 
this time frame in life because over the weekend I was chilling at the pool with a couple of my friends of mine and I was just like, what scares you like to everybody there? Because that's what we should be stepping towards. And, and for me, when I really reflected, it was, I've had a podcast for three years. I've put out so much content. I can't even, I can't even fathom it at this point. And I don't care what people think, but I've kind of stayed within the lines a little mm-hmm. bit just because I don't like the negative energy. Just like you were talking mm-hmm. on social media, I don't like the negative energy that comes. Um, I like keeping it positive. I'm a super positive person and optimistic and down to have an intelligent discussion around any topic. But the negative energy that just comes like as if it's like a battle right away, That's that's been it takes energy from me, but I'm starting to realize I've, the more I'm reading and like looking up to people who really stand their ground in their beliefs and, and push the needle forward in not only the beliefs, but like the products and services that they're building for a specific type of person, the more I realize that we like live and we die with our decision of, do we step into who we're truly meant to be? Or do we basically our souls die if we held ourselves back from that. That's that's yeah. what I've come to the conclusion is like, cause only you know that you're holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. No one else does. Mm-hmm. And this is something that has been pulling at me for a while. It's just like, I know I'm holding myself back because of some external thing. And like, now it's time to say fuck it and just level yeah. up from that. So I love yeah. how, how you put that. And I love to chat a little bit more about like the, sh- cause obviously you didn't just start flying on LinkedIn. You didn't yeah. just like, initially put out a post and you're over 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. Like that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. How did you handle the initial struggles and what were those initial struggles of when you started to post? Because no matter what platform you're on, the number one thing that we all do is we get all excited Mm -hmm. and then we realize, oh, this isn't going to be an overnight thing. Now I got to work at it. Mm -hmm. So were there, were there courses? I know you just, your friend was just talking shit on courses, yeah. but were there courses, were there books, were there mentors? Yeah. Like, how are you overcoming the initial obstacles and what did those obstacles look like? Yeah, so good. And I am all for um, investing in coaches, in courses, and reading books, mainly because like I, I want to, you pay for speed, right? So yes. My first thing, because I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on YouTube and uh, I got a YouTube course. Why did you, why did you want to go on YouTube? I think that's a, this. that's a brilliant question. I don't, I can't even answer it right away. It's, um, it was probably like, cause I was following the girl, right. And she was probably talking about it, yada, yada. And I was like, well, I need a new project. And I probably just like pursued, pursued that. There was nothing awesome. super specific about it. It just like, as soon as it got in the course, there's like, oh, what are you, you going to talk about? And I was like, oh, you know, now I have to figure out what I'm going to talk about. And that's where the LinkedIn came in. I'm going to say this, like you when you make a decision, like you have to commit to it no matter what. So that I invested, um, I invested $5,000 in that course. So that was the first time I ever invested money in a coach. That was all my savings at that point. Okay. So I was like, I had, I was like, just pull it out from investments. I was like, okay, we're not going to like put this in stocks. We're pulling this out. I'm putting this, I'm investing this in myself, in my business. So I paid for the course and I was like, I don't care how I'm going to make this work. So I was like, I'm just going to make this money back. And this is where it took me two months from the time I invested to make like $10,000 back. Because I was like, I was like, you commit out of your mind. And I was like, there was no like, I was not going to just waste 5K from my savings on something that's not going to work. So this is why it's actually important to invest in, like I would say, high ticket coaches, if you will, because you're going to commit massively for getting that result. And I would just did whatever I was told to do, right? At the beginning, it was like, okay, we need to do research goals. We have to understand who our client is. So it was like massive networking on LinkedIn, like hopping on research calls with people and be like, well, what do you want? Like, what are you struggling with? Like, why are you on LinkedIn? what have you tried? And then people told me, they're like, well, my engagement sucks. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to get clients here. So I did 50 research calls through LinkedIn, listening to people. What do they want me to teach them? Then I built the product. And then you go back to those people. And so like some of those initial research call people are going to enroll in your program because you literally built exactly what, what they want. And then you just start, you begin your journey of learning what does it mean to be a business owner and what to do marketing. So, okay, running, hosting my first like workshops. And of course, like my advantage was I knew how to use LinkedIn, right? So 
I got engagement from the beginning because like that was a platform I knew how to grow on. And, but I would say still at the beginning, like how do you get those first sales in? It's like doing lots of research calls and it's basically those relationships that you're going to build. Like at the beginning, it's like going through those relationships and seeing where people are struggling and what can you build for them that they really, really, really need. I'm not sure if I digress slightly, but bring me back to the conversation. <laughs> no, that was amazing. I'm soaking all that in and th- because my brain goes towards how you can do that on any platform mm. and how you can do that in any business. You're just mm. coming down to simplicity. You mentioned market research. Mm. Again, if you have a corporate job right now or even if you are an entrepreneur and you have one business and you want to start a new business, don't forget that it's not the if I build it, they will come model. It's mm. I want to build something that people actually need model. Yes. So find the problem. And I love that that's where you started with your journey because so many people fuck that up mm. in the beginning, including myself. And I find myself over and over and over again, probably every year, fine tuning who's that customer where are they? What's the problem? What are we solving? It's specifically like with this podcast. So I'll give you a good example. You're talking about investing in people, right? Mm. So I just invested in someone that helped me produce more targeted content to hopefully grow all my channels. And one of the conversations we had is just like, okay, like who's your target listener and, and things like that? And how can you dial down into that niche? And what I started realizing was, because I'm not niche, then it's going to be a longer journey. And for anybody listening out there, that's a decision that you get to make, but you have to understand that. So Vendi here targeted a specific type of person on LinkedIn with a specific platform. But I wanted to communicate that if you choose to go a little bit more broad, it's going to be a little bit longer of a journey. And that's okay. Like You just have to make that decision. But for you, before your YouTube, you had no prior experience, correct? Mm -hmm. Like on YouTube, in front of the camera. No, like, yes, none of that. (laughs) And before LinkedIn, no prior experience to really producing on LinkedIn. Mm -mm. How did you niche down and figure that out so quickly? Because I feel like a lot of people out there, everything that's thrown at them, the camera, I need the audio, I gotta learn how to do YouTube. I gotta learn how to do LinkedIn is super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And f- the fact that you were able to niche down and figure out like what it is for you, do you give credit to the coaching for that? Or was that just more trial and error? What kind of led you to this is the right path for me? I'm gonna create some coaching models. You just did a workshop with 15 mm-hmm. people. Like, how did you get from in two years building that out and figuring out that that's the path? for you yeah i think i'm gonna bring this back to you have to commit out of your mind and be like there's no going back and then from there i invested in so many things i read so many books like you just identify what you're missing so let's say i started with the youtube course and i was like okay what do i need next so that was like the youtube course was actually like just 400 dollars. and then what was was, a youtube course on how to do youtube yeah just how to do youtube and then the 5k program which i enrolled like let's say two weeks after it was from the same coach that was like everything like how do you create an online course at one point I was like, you know what, I'm going to do, like, I'm going to have an online course. So it basically had everything there. And then you get into there and then you're like, okay, so where are my weaknesses? So, okay, number one, sales goals. How the heck do you do sales goals? Okay, I need to invest in that or I need to like read books on that, right? So like I just started reading books and like, how do you conduct sales goals? Um, Another trigger immediately I got was like charging how do you feel comfortable charging your worth or even like saying a number out loud? Because if you're coming from the corporate space or any job you've had, you're very used to someone saying, this is what you're worth for your time, right? For that company. And now you have to define that for yourself and you're probably going to be, not going to be feel very comfortable charging what you should be charging. So at the beginning, let's say that course I was in, like it was like, they said like, okay, you must not charge like less than $500. And I remember that felt so much back then. I was like, okay, like, okay, how do I even charge $500? But then before I ever got my first client, I was like, okay, I clearly have money blocks. So I'm massive on money mindset as well. So I went down into like, there's a book called, this is more for ladies. It's called like Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Mm. And it was like a whole money mindset book. And it's like, start 
and I'm massive on saying this, brainwashing yourself to think a certain way. And if you get triggered by that word, first of all, reflect on why you're getting triggered because that says something about what's coming up. But it's basically rewiring your brain, right? We're conditioned. However, like however old you are right now, up until that point, you've been conditioned to think a certain way. If you want to break that, you have to actively recondition what's going on. So I was like, okay, just by reading that book twice, like back to back, I was like, okay, I can charge like 1,200, I think was like my first bootcamp, which is very, very low for me now. Um, Cause I worked massively on my money mindset, but it's like, you almost identify where you need help. And then you just go heavy in that direction and be like, whatever it takes, right? So I just like, I put so much information <laughs> through my mind and be like, read this book, listen to this person on YouTube, do the coaching, like do everything in a short space of time. Like in a couple of months, well actually like probably, yeah, in the first couple of months is where I met Amanda. And Amanda was like, she came into my course. I was like, I definitely need to figure out this whole like YouTube thing. Cause at the beginning I was shooting everything on my phone and I didn't have a mic and I didn't know anything about lighting or setup or like any of that. And obviously she covered that in her course and it was brilliant for me. I was like, okay, proper camera. This is the mic you should be using and this is where the lighting should be. Like you learn that part, right? And then you have the editing, like, cause that used to take me freaking ages. So it's like, that's also was in Amanda's course. Like how do you editing yourself? I don't like to do it. So I just outsource that part, but you find that you problem solve, I guess, ultimately. And it just sounds cheesy because everyone says that, but like you have to like, don't get paralyzed when you don't know something or something feels overwhelming because it will all the time. It means you're growing, right? You just need to be actively, okay, who can help me with that? You get to a place, you're like, who should I speak to? And when you build that actually online community or any community somewhere, it's nice to call someone up and be like, okay, well, who do you use for graphic design or who do you use for this? Or like, what would you do in this situation? And people can give you recommendations. So it's harder when you're just starting out and you don't know anyone. So the sooner you start making those connections, life becomes easy. How do you make a connection Yeah. when you feel like you don't have anything to offer? That's, I guess, a great question. Because this, there, I get asked that. Mm. When you're in that position where you're, you're just starting and you're the quote-unquote client, you feel like the client rather than the person selling. For me, it's so simple for me to be like, oh, I see this person doing this cool thing shoot I don't even send them a DM I send them a video message like it just yeah it's so easy for me now right but I'm also very aware of how just even sending a DM is hard for people or a PM on LinkedIn or mm. an email to somebody how would you say somebody break that because you seem like an outgoing person I've known you for a couple weeks now yeah I'm an outgoing person but I'm always like I like to solve problems as well so if someone's like introverted and they want to build something, what are some tactics that they can use to kind of break out of that and really feel valuable from the get-go? Because I think that's where a lot of people struggle is, okay, I'm reaching out to so-and-so who has however many followers, or I'm reaching out to this mentor or this coach, and I feel lesser than. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, society makes people feel lesser than. And it, when reality is we all have something that we can help each other with. Yeah. How do they get to that point? Yeah, I can probably bring this back a little bit in that I would probably say I'm more an introvert than an extrovert if we're going to be so like polar in like if there's only two options. Um, I built this version of myself and that really started again in my early 20s. But I remember, so I was at university in the UK and I was like, all right, well, I have to get a job. Like I just have to get a job. I need to, I need to make money. And I remember like I had my CVs with me because that was old school. And I was like, well, just like to get a bartending job or like waitressing, like very basic, nothing crazy. But like, I could not get myself to walk in a hotel because I was so scared to talk to someone. And I was like circling around <laughs> for at least <laughs> half an hour and be like, I can't do this, like yada yada. So the earlier you can start taking control of your mind and I'm going to again say brainwash yourself because I almost want to trigger you guys like, you know, because it's good. <laughs> like brainwash is like, I know people don't like this, like fake it till you make it. But it's like there is a part of like you have to step into already being that person you want to be. Like how would that future version of yourself would show up and present themselves? So this is where when you're feeling less than, this is where I would take it back to, it depends how you see the world, right? Like, we're all just souls. We're all like, you know, higher consciousness. So no one, you have to make sure that you don't put anyone on a pedestal, no matter what. 
no matter how much money they're making, no matter how many like how many followers they yeah they have, you can't, because like they're just a human being. And when you're gonna approach someone from that standpoint, I think it's gonna really resonate. So once I got comfortable with that, like I've been, I'm just like I feel like people feel comfortable with me because like I could after I graduated and I had like overcome some of the my stuff. Like I've only had like one job after university, okay, and that was in a tech company and. I was pretty much working directly with our CEO all the time, like when we did our super early mornings till like nighttime because we were building a business. And I feel like he felt very comfortable because like I wasn't looking at him as the CEO or someone I need to look up to. I was like, I really value where you're taking the company and like I want to be a part of that mission. But it's like I don't have that gap with people. Like I want to meet someone these days. It's like you're a human being. And if you're awesome, like I want to appreciate you for that. And like, just, I want to be around you, but it's not like, I don't feel a distance anymore, but it's, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. It's just like, if there's one thing. It's like anything else, you worked at it. Yeah, like, but it's mindset, right? Even yeah. if we're talking about starting a business, dude, this is not about marketing or tactics. This is like, you're going to have to take control of your mind and that's what's going to determine how fast you're going to move or how slow you're going to move. Because you're just going to run into yourself. I literally did a post on this, I think yesterday or today. It's like, once you start your own thing, you realize like no one is holding you back. There's no manager. There's no, like, there's no CEO, like no team member who's annoying. No one's holding you back. And you realize like the only person you're going to run into is yourself. And you're forced to deal with your own crap. You're forced to deal with any traumas or like whatever is going to come up from the past and it will you're just going to have to deal with it because what's going to happen, like you're going to run your business for three months and you're going to get stuck and nothing is changing. And that just means there's something you haven't resolved. You're carrying something with you and you're either going to go out of business because you're not going to be able to bring new clients in or you're going to deal with that crap, whatever's coming up, whatever story's coming up. And this is why I think this is my favorite part about being a business owner because when you're in a corporate world, you can carry your whatever limiting beliefs you have or whatever story you're telling to yourself for 10 years, and maybe then you can resolve it and let go of it. When you start your own business, everything surfaces. And if you want to grow and get, you know, through certain milestones and have the financial abundance, you're forced to deal with yourself. And it's awesome and also super uncomfortable. So that's the reality, you guys. <laughs> like This is what's going to be happening. <laughs> Straight facts right there. Have you ever seen the YouTube video, Fake It Till You Become It? No. Yeah, you should watch it. It's basically it says the same thing you were talking about, like the whole fake it till you make it. Um, I don't really like that saying either, only because like I'm one of my core values is like authenticity. And to understand who you need to become, you need to understand your weaknesses in the first place. So I think people just misconstrue that statement. So when we're talking about faking it, and this I, I love this topic because you notice that, okay. I've never done YouTube before and I've never built a course before. So it's not necessarily something you can't do, but it's a weakness because you've never done it. Right. So you've not, if you've never, if you come out of the womb and you've never walked before, it's not a strength of yours because you've never walked. So we have parents that pick you up and then help you start mm. to walk. In real life, what that looks like is the course or the book or the mentor. That's not the faking it part. The faking it part is, Sometimes you got to pick up the phone and call and be your own, I would say, parent who's patting you on the back and clapping their hands like you can do yeah. this. You got to be that person where you've already closed the deal when you haven't closed the deal yet. Yeah. That's really where we're talking about that fake it. So if you're just starting a business, you can literally pick up the phone and practice mm -hmm. as if you've already had clients before. Get in that money mindset of people are like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. We'll start saying you're already a millionaire. What do millionaires mm -hmm. do? Yeah. How do millionaires act? Yeah. Start practicing those habits mm -hmm. right now. And again, this kind of, I love this conversation because I'm in a men's group and talking about working on mindset. So I work on like my mental health and my mindset every single Monday night. And our question last night was, what is a dream? And I want to flip this on you because yeah. we'll, we'll sidebar this conversation a little bit. What is a dream you've always had that you don't want to give up on? And mine was since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a professional athlete. And then I just got sidetracked from that whole goal because society was like, you need to go to school, get good grades and get a job and all these things. And then I also limited my scope of like, what does a professional athlete even mean? Like I was like, okay, soccer, football, 
basketball, whatever. I box myself in rather than saying like a professional athlete technically is just somebody to get paid, that gets paid to perform in, in some aspect, right? So I'm already training really hard in my life. So the question then is, okay, how do you make that happen? And for me, it was, okay, just train like a professional athlete every day and then eventually hit that goal. That is faking it until you become it. So I love how you brought that up because right now, like literally that conversation was last night. So it's weird how the universe brings it all back. But I'd love to ask you that question, completely sidebar, but what is a dream that you've had over the years that you don't want to give up on? Shout out to Alex Weber for coming up with this question. That is a very good question. See, I don't have anything, I actually don't have anything specific because for me, because again, I come from, like I grew up in Latvia, right? Tiny town, Totally love my parents, but like I don't, I didn't come from money. And my one thing at the beginning, I was like, like, I don't like belong here or like don't belong in this lifestyle. Like there's so much more for me that I need to do. And I moved up my hometown when I was 16 to go to the capital because I was like, I'm going to go to the best school, best high school, which starts from the age of 16 in Latvia. So 16 to 18. So I was like, I just moved out of home. I was like, I just like presented the fact to mom. Like uh, I called the school. They liked my grades. They accepted me. I already have a cab taking me there tomorrow because they need my documents, yada, yada. My mom was like, okay. <laughs> so it was very like, I always like kind of made decisions and just presented facts to people. I love this. Um, I mean, and I love my mom so much for like allowing me to do that because most parents would freak. Um, and then I was there. And after I, you know, you graduate when you're 18. And I was like, well, now I've lived in capital for three years. Like, this is too small for me. I've done this. Like, I know how this rolls. I was like, oh, what's next? And this is where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like go to university in the UK. So again, like making that whole process happen and like taking the exams and enrolling at university there. So I went there and after the first year, I was like, well, this is easy. And then for, after the first year, I was like, well, I need some, like, I always, I feel like probably need a challenge or something to work towards. And that's where I was like, well, I'm going to have an internship like in New York. So I made that happen. And I went to New York for three months. And after the second year, I went to LA for a placement year. And this is where I studied events management because I thought I'm going to be a wedding planner. So by the way, <laughs> that changed. But like, that's what I was like, kind of pursuing. And I guess like, once I graduated, I was working in a tech company and I like got three promotions there because I was like so invested and like I'm like 100% into something when I'm in it. And then I guess the one vision I always had was like I knew I'm going to start my own business. I just didn't know what it was going to be, but I always knew it was going to be a thing. And I did that. I started that two years ago and I guess like I, I hit certain financial milestones and this is where this year I was like, is this it? Like what is the next thing? Like it didn't feel like like I'm in my, I'm in my six figures. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well I could, I can go after paying seven figures. Okay. I know how that looks. I can work oh, maybe like 15 hour days. I can totally do that. I can really make this happen within like a year. I have a vision for that, but I was like, do I really want this? Mm. And this is where I had to start asking the questions of like, do I really want this? And this is where I was like, you know what? I think I actually want to get like, I want to get married. Like I want to start a family, like all those things that like I never kind of allowed in. Cause like, there's just one thing, which is like, I know I'm going to run a business at some point and you kind of get there and I was like, and you have to evaluate like, what's the next thing and is this fulfilling? So this is kind of where I'm at, like figuring out what is that next thing? So that's that. That was a brilliant answer to that question. Like at first you seemed like, all right, I don't really have a dream to attach to, but the reality is you just inspired a lot of people out there because you're able to convey that dreams change and that it's okay to put your foot down and, and reflect and understand what does that look like? Because how many people, this is what I would say, like how many people have the dream of, I want to become a business owner. I want to get to seven to six figures. And then they just hammer away till it's seven figures or eight figures. And then they look up and they're a shell of who they were. That is a lot more people than we give credit to, or the people that stay in their corporate job and they do the same thing. They just follow the carrot until they are that director, that executive director, that VP, and they're making three, four, 500K a year, but they're unhappy and they don't get to see their wife and their kids and they don't get to see that. So I really appreciate your answer. And again, the universe aligns us for, for different reasons. Thursday is my four year wedding anniversary. And it's sort of the same thing for my wife and I. We've, when we're reflecting, we're looking back on, well, we've pretty much hit, now for me, like, I want to hit seven figures for a different reason. My seven figures is like, I want to be able to provide for other people 
to love what they do. So like, even if it's a small team and working in different businesses that are seven or eight figures, because then I know we're providing for people to do what they love. I've seen what that feels like. And I'm just like, okay, this is what I would love for my life. But other than that, it's just like, I don't really need more. Like we're, we're building a house right now and we put stuff in storage and we're going into the house empty because we started saying to ourselves, what is it that we truly need? Like the only things that we need are going to be in that space. We're not going to clutter it anymore. And you go back to mindset, like it's all about our mind. I don't want any clutter because it clutters my mind. And like what I really care about is community. So one of the things that I want to build in our house is a fire pit so I can have people over to grill and have great conversations. I haven't had that for years. I've had the toys. I've had the cameras. I've had the things, right? And I'm just like, wow, I don't really need that. So to get towards wrapping up our, our conversation, what does the future for you look like? You kind of just tapped into it a little bit of what it is that you want, but business isn't the end. It's a tool. That's how I look at it. And it unlocks many different doors for all of us. And that's what keeps the fire going. So what does, I know you have a boot camp coming up, I believe July 7th, yeah. I'm correct. Yeah. Beyond that, what does Vendi's business look like? Who's she serving? And answer this in a way because if somebody's listening and they want to get involved, whether it's a customer or they want to help you build it, they'll be able to reach out to you and, and really fill that gap. Yeah, but again, beautiful question. Um, the truth is this might actually be the last boot camp I might run. So if anyone wants to jump on this, that's you have like 10 more days. Because um, I know I can feel that I'm not going to be doing LinkedIn by the end of the year anymore. You see, like, and this is where, again, I had to, you have to listen to your mind versus your soul. And my mind was like, like, what are you talking about, chick? Like, you have 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. You're almost at 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. You're freaking good at LinkedIn. You're a very good coach. You have clients coming through the door. Like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean you just want to, like, stop? And, like, my soul is saying, like, there's a bigger thing opening up. Like, I can just feel it. And... I just, all I know is going to be more connected with like what I did last week, which is like that hosting that event of like different people who are experts to different things. Like that was, that one was very marketing focused and just like expanding, like bringing everyone together. So I get to meet amazing people and like basically sharing that knowledge with the world. Like that got me super excited, super energized. So I think it's like more focused on, I'm not building by myself like more focused on more relationships and expanding that. So I love building and I love business. It just needs to be like, it's just going to evolve into a new vision. So I'm just like, I'm still very open to that, but like I'm hosting the next event, like in, at the end of July, like, it's just like, it felt so good. And like, and I know that basically you need to take action to get clarity always. You don't just sit there to figure it out. So keep taking action and more and more clarity will come. So that's really my main focus for going forth whilst I'm in Austin and like as I go through the year because I know it's going to open up. So that's where I'm at. You must take action to gain clarity. That reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever listened to my first million podcast, but on there, they were mentioning this concept of A to B to Z. Most people are trying to go to A to Z. So that overwhelms them and they can't take action. So they never gain clarity on what, what C, D, E, F ever is because they're not focused on just like, just A to B. And I've loved this entire conversation because your whole mindset of like, and I saw you operate on that 15 hour day where, thank you so much again for having me as one of the speakers, but there. you were just focused on providing a great experience for those speakers, which was A to B. So it's like, a to B, you were focused on providing a great experience and then showing up for those 15 hours, those 15 guests, and then not getting it out of the park. And beyond that, once you did it, you felt this feeling that I know what that feeling feels like. And you're like, hmm, what does C look like now? Well, C is, okay, I'm going to do this again, which is really cool to hear because that hits home with me so much. And it's funny you mentioned the 10K. And again, we connect in a lot of different ways. So like I originally started with one Instagram account. That was how I got started in like the social media. It was just my main Thrive on Life page. And back when I started it, like getting to 10K was this like massive thing because you could then get swipe up. Like back then yeah. you couldn't have swipe up unless you had 10K. So I hustled to get to 10K and we got the swipe up. And then I was like, 
I don't even really care about this account anymore. And I created other accounts and I created my personal account and then I started posting more on LinkedIn and then I started create doubling down on YouTube and and during that path it led me towards podcasting is what I need to be doing. And that's the cool thing of this conversation is you're mentioning like the clarity. Like I didn't gain the clarity of like podcasting is really the thing that I want to do. And I want to create content around the podcasting. And it's cool if I grow these brands account on Instagram and these other socials, but at the end of the day, I want to grow my relationships through the podcast. I never would have come to that unless I just like started posting random shit on social media. So this has come full circle for me. It's been very valuable to have this conversation with you. And I just want to thank you for spending time here today. And the last couple of things that we always run through is if people loved what they heard from you here today and would love to get in contact with you, whether it's for the LinkedIn bootcamp or they want to be a part of your next workshop or they just want to hang out with you because you're cool. Yeah. How do they get in contact with you? Just find me on LinkedIn. It's Wendy Steinberger, and I'm sure CJ is gonna drop the handle in the um, in the in the section below the podcast, wherever that is. Just like connect with me. Don't be shy. You don't just have to follow. Just connect with me. Send me a message saying that you heard this um, podcast, and yeah, we can jam. Because there's in terms of like the events I'm gonna be hosting, they're all free. And this is where it's going to just come from a massive place of service, which also really resonated with me. I was like, it's just like coming, bringing everyone together and like serving the wider audience. It just felt amazing. So yeah, LinkedIn is just one thing. There's definitely bigger, bigger things unfolding. So would love to, yeah, have everyone to be a part of the journey if this resonates. And your YouTube is legit. So I was watching yeah. it before this, like <laughs> you got all the bells and whistles, which is not surprising. You were working with Amanda on that. Yeah. What is your YouTube channel so that people can go support there? Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, it's also my name and surname. So Vandy Steinberger will also drop that below. Perfect. So LinkedIn and YouTube is where I'm at. Potentially, potentially stuffing into TikTok soon enough because everyone keeps bombarding me with it. It just, it goes back to like, I want to know what I'm talking about and it's not going to be LinkedIn. And it might be more mindset because this is where it always comes back to, right? Talking about the journey. We'll see. But, you know. It's I mean, I think you have a lot to offer. Like even that story at the end where I did that sidebar question, you, you were mm. talking how even at 16, you were kind of putting pieces together mm. and that led you to B, which then the C, D, E, yeah. and F. Like a lot of people could resonate with that and they don't realize the story that they already have and that yeah. they deserve to tell it. So. That's what I would tell you is keep telling that story because it's very helpful to other people. And last question that we always ask everybody here on the show is yeah. if I were to ask you to define thriving, like what does it mean to thrive to you, what would that be? Oh, I love that. Well, I would say knowing uh, that you're not just your body, knowing that you're not just your mind, like you are higher consciousness, you are God, it's whatever language you use, your higher self, but it's like we are also connected to the universal knowledge, to God. Again, we have our own language to describe that, but it's like once you're aware of who you actually are, like everything becomes possible. Like there's no limitations. You literally already have everything within you and it's now time to take that action and explore that because there's literally no limits. So that's what thriving is for me. Awesome. I like that a lot. We all are capable of more than we give ourselves credit for. And your representation of that, thank you again for spending the time here today. I know your time is extremely valuable. I always talk a little bit about my biggest takeaway on these podcasts. There was a lot today, but I really think that the whole we are getting in our own way. I think no matter where you're at on your journey, whether you're just starting or you've been in the entrepreneurial game or corporate game for 25 years, that is always the answer. You're always getting in your own way. Because we, we, no matter how hard we try and how high our level of consciousness is, the initial human reaction is to point a finger. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. No matter how good, like something I work on a lot is meditating and calming myself down and like being calm and peaceful in situations that normally would cause a reaction from me. And now, no matter how much I practice, I still, my innate reaction and it's conditioning, like as a human, it's conditioning. And no matter how good you get at it, you can always get better. And that was a huge reminder of me here today is just like continue to work on 
pointing the finger back at myself and looking at how I can get better and keeping my head down on kind of the external things going on and how do I improve just little by little, day over day, and how do I serve better? How do I show up better? And that's where the answers will always be. So I love this conversation. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. The best thing that you can always do for us is if you love this conversation, please send it to somebody that you think would love it as well. Give it that five-star rating. Connect with me. I'd love to chat. But until next time, Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.